Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, however and wherever you may be. This is our debut show. This is the first of the uh, hopefully long run of a show that's called The UFO Report. Now, let me tell you something. This is for me like moving into a new house, actually. It's like I haven't been in this territory before, and I have all this furniture, as many of you may know, if I can refer to all the contents of the blog and the website and everything, videos and all, tons and tons of furniture. So I've got to figure out where things go, and you're going to help me by bearing, please, bearing with me for a show or two as we get these components in place. And, um, you know, while I'm talking about uh, UFOs quite a bit in some ways, especially with interviews and with videos and shows, I think uh, there are certain things that I will repeat that I feel are essential. And you may not have heard them before. You may have heard them many times. The whole UFO topic was formerly a tabloid topic, taboo tabloid topic. And you couldn't get arrested. I certainly couldn't for a long time in anything that was mainstream. And now... Suddenly and magically, it is the, well, it's probably one of the biggest, if not, in a sense, the biggest topic worldwide. Sure, the war and other things that are going on are you know, hugely important, and they get the media attention they should have of varying degrees of quality. But I like to say this. The confirmed existence of and contact with highly advanced space-traveling extraterrestrials would be the most important development in all of science and human history. And everything rests on testable evidence. Now, I bring that up because... These days, with this topic overall, UFOs and the ridiculously titled UAP, there's absolutely no shortage of people who claim to be, what, investigators, researchers, even experts in this topic. And I have not been shy about saying that not a single one of them knows anything of significance has any real first-hand experience investigating a first-hand ongoing UFO contact case as the people who, I'm not the only one, who look into the Meyer material, and hopefully that's you and will be you, are able to do and have done in this case that has been ongoing for over 80 years. Over 80 years. So, I titled tonight's show, The UFO Threat Paradox. So I'm going to jump around here. I know I am. I won't be able to help myself. What is a paradox? Well, one of the definitions online says that it's a statement or proposition that despite sound or apparently sound reasoning from acceptable premises leads to a conclusion that seems senseless, logically unacceptable or self-contradictory. That's because this whole UFO threat narrative that is the essential 
underlying context for all of this, these committee meetings, these uh, so-called whistleblowers coming forward, the experts. And today, I just have to say, I hadn't thought about mentioning it, but I did. I watched a few minutes of an apparently over hour long interview, they called it, with a guy named David Grush. I could not figure out why that was of any importance. The man, now, again, I'm not going to fault him for it. He was invited and found his way into this. And maybe it's, uh, you know, a kind of naive gesture. Maybe there's something more to it in the background. I don't know. But I know that I did not. And I skimmed through it. I didn't listen to the entire thing, to tell the truth. But as I skimmed through and clicked in, I was waiting to hear and see references to tangible evidence evidence everything rests on evidence now have there been sightings let's, let's acknowledge this in the beginning certainly i always refer to the meyer material as the singularly authentic ufo contact case singularly authentic and that's because when we speak about evidence we have of course we have me blocking the evidence right here but we have all sorts of wonderful photographs from Meyer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you bunches of stuff. So don't worry right now that you don't see that. Captured a few photos for the screen. But the thing is that nobody else comes forward with anything other than that I've seen. You've got the blurry Tic Tac video. Billy Meyer has explained what it's really about years ago. And you have, you know, things where various sightings of objects twirling around in the sky, some are clearer than others. Tic-tac video is like a, like an old video game. And suddenly this man, Mr. Grush, and all of the people that have come out of the woodwork to announce their expertise and their, their in-depth analyses, what happens is that everything that comes out of the government and let's say somebody like Rush, who's become a pivotal figure for some people, the wannabes in ufology start parroting it, talking about its importance and anticipating the next big announcement and breakthrough from who? The U.S. government. But the government has been admittedly, admits it, they have been lying to the American people and the rest of the world for what? Uh, over 70 years, lying shamelessly. There's no such thing, UFOs, it's a hysterical uh, you know, phenomenon in people's minds, they're hallucinating. In the process, they've been demonizing many honest people. And I'm not just only referring to the Meyer material, UFOs, we understand, we know it means unidentified flying object. I'm not talking phenomenon. I'm talking objects because Billy, you know, he's loaded for bear with objects. There's no shortage of objects in the Meyer case. So uh, we could, we can look at that. We can, uh, you know, we have this page. Oops. This is a different page. Um, we've got a page on our blog that has what's called the Beamship Gallery. The Beamship Gallery. 
Now, I don't know if you can see that or not, because I'm not, man, you probably can't. I'm not that deft quite yet with with um, manip- manipulating and using all of this technology, because the station I'm on now is far and away the best equipped and most sophisticated of the stations I've had an opportunity to engage on, to to do anything with. And what's so beautiful about it is that the technologies uh, do enable me to do other things. And I don't know that if you're able to see this or not, I, I don't see it. So if, if you don't see it, I, I'm doing a share screen. Maybe, you know, I'll find out if that's visible to you or not. But in the meantime, assuming that somebody can see it apart from me here, there are endless photographs, the clearest, simply most distinct photographs of UFOs. I'm getting a thumbs up that they're visible. That's great. All sorts of things here from this man, Billy Meyer, a one-armed man living in Switzerland, who, it just so happens, took all of these pre-digital photographs, pre-digital era photographs, lovely stuff. And he did it and published them, put them out there. And of course, he's been attacked relentlessly by skeptics for doing this for no profit for no celebrity unlike everybody in so-called ufology who's got nothing better to do these overnight sensations the people who are the wannabes i call them they uh pop up and look i'm saying this because i know billy meyer there's people here in this audience who've been to switzerland who've met with billy people who've seen his films, his interviews, the things that have been done over the years by the original investigators who made this available to the world and made it possible for me to learn about it and other people who picked up and started to dig into it. So if I talk about the wannabes and the government disinformation shills and the people who have just made a mess out of this because it's quite deliberate that the world in their, uh, of course, uh, fine eyes should not be troubled with such things as the truth and the reality of this man, his life, the existence of far more advanced beings throughout the universe and the ones with whom he personally has met. So they've demonized people, just even ordinary people who've seen indistinct things, and some have seen things, you know, better and clearer quality. So why is the government so concerned? Why is it setting up this evil, non-human alien agenda? Evil, non-human aliens. Well, the reason for it is obvious and clear to people who uh, even are not necessarily involved or particularly interested in this topic. And I've seen this myself from being online where some people talking, you know, they were saying, well, this whole thing, these committee hearings sounds like they're just trying to get more money, you know, to, to manufacture more weapons. Yes. For more endless U S wars, dead end U S wars. Now think about this. We are told here there's a threat. There's a threat. 
And the threat's been ongoing for 70 years. My goodness. Not very uh, effective threat considering that quite obviously any beings, human or non-human, we can clarify that in a little bit, who can get here from the depths of space, which would be required in craft that are far beyond our technology, even though there are alternative craft in development have been for over 100 years on Earth and various states of development, anti-gravitic craft, all these things started to be worked on in the 1920s. So these inept, highly developed, aggressive, threatening, evil, non-human aliens, if they can fly around in space and time, quite possibly, We'll talk about that later. Don't you think that they've got some weapons that would uh, be quite daunting and that even 70 years ago when we're just coming into this nuclear age and all of that, had they wanted to take over this world, to destroy it, to enslave everybody on it that they couldn't, wouldn't and have done that? So the government floats these ridiculous premises and sets up committees, which they give six more months. This started a couple years ago. You've got six months to determine if there's a threat, really. So you, we, the American public, and the rest of the world is treated as if we are imbeciles. And unfortunately, um, there seems to be some good cause for that in terms of the people who are controlling things and they need a lot of imbeciles around in order to pull this off. Now, by the way, we have phone numbers so that people can call in. This isn't really, this isn't a soliloquy show, believe it or not. Things have to get rolling. We're going to have guests. I've invited one prominent scientist. We've reached out to a very prominent scientist who claims to be all about UFOs. So far, we haven't heard back from them, but I will keep you updated on that and uh, certainly let people know who, who it was i'm hoping to do that uh, as i announced it you know tonight we're going to interview and have a conversation discussion with so and so otherwise i'll simply be saying to you listen so much for so and so okay so you get this nonsense about six months to set up committees you already know that this is really bogus really bogus. One of the people who didn't smell too good to me as I was surfing around even years ago was a guy named Lou Elizondo. Suddenly, this so-called former, former intelligence operative, this former uh, <laughs> intelligence operative no joke he joined up with a little fellow named Tom DeLong a rock and roller Tom DeLong could not have been happier to be let into the inner sanctum of the intelligence world to be embraced by Lou Elizondo and um, Chris Mellon Defense industry professional comes from a family of enormously wealthy bankers. So I started, you know, 
kind of pushing on Lou after he left there primarily and he's popping up now with this threat narrative. And I asked, you know, why he, you know, if he was going to reveal the minor context and if not, why not and all of that. And I put a whole bunch of blogs. I called him out basically as a phony and a traitor to humankind. Along, I did the same for Chris Mellon and for Daniel Sheehan, an attorney who did fantastic work for human rights back in the day and who then signed on to be Lou Elizondo's attorney. I don't know that he still is. And I put out some crazy video thing here about that. I don't even know. Maybe this will play a little bit. Okay, thanks. Hi, you're welcome. Now, what one of the things that happened was that I, after I started going very public with this, I received the video. It's 30 seconds or so, and I'm going to show it to you in a moment. And in the video, you're going to see, just so you know, sure, so you can go, what's going on here? You're going to see a man named Sean Cahill. Now, Sean Cahill is a so-called former Navy intelligence operative. And he's a friend of Lou's. Gee, I wonder how they know each other. And he's in a car. He's got a cell phone. In the background, you can hear some sounds. Those sounds are me from that video. <laughs> I believe it's from that video. Kind of calling Lou out. And then you're going to see that Sean Cahill's going to turn the camera. And let's watch if you can and see how that goes. Shortly after putting out this slide, we found out Okay. So, there's Lou Elizondo. Alive and well, apparently, unless he was cloned, apparently also had not been abducted or deducted or whatever ducted by evil aliens. And there's Sean Cahill. And there's a, a woman, I don't know who the woman is in the car. And they're giving me the message, they're giving us the message that <laughs> you really can't do anything about what we're doing. That's how I interpreted it, really. And it's finally the smiling, he's doing his thumbs up and all of that business. I, I don't think that that's really the most decent way to go about this. But they are playing people and have been probably since Lou was ushered into the Tom DeLong uh, to the Stars Academy website. Now, I've often said the UFO part of this is the least important. But this is our first show, and I'm going to cover some of the UFO stuff. So one of the things that occurred to me was that all of this stuff with the evil, you know, alien talk from the government, this could turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, the reason for that is this. And I'll in, in future shows, we'll, we'll show a lot more stuff. Um, Billy Meyer back in 2015 explained and even before that, he, he had published some info, but then he explained that there are other 
beings on, above, or below the surface of this earth, temporarily or permanently. He had it kind of, oops, I'm getting it, let's see. Wait a minute here. Um, magic online. What is that? Um, I, I if that's the, you know what? Let's let's take a shot at this. I think I know who this might be, but if we can put the call through, that would be great. And then if it's hello, hello, Michael. Hello, hello, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi. My name is Majid. Uh, ah, good. Oh, yeah. I'm fine, thank you. How are I you? Had Good. Thanks for everything you're doing, and thank Billy for all he's done. I just wanted to ask you one question. Do we know what happened to the Malaysian airline flight number 370 that went missing about, uh, I think, in 2014? I have. I don't recall seeing anything about that particular yeah. army flight. So that, you know, that's that answer. And here's a little extra piece before I let you go. And thank you for bringing that public. TWA 800. Yes. TWA 800 was a flight that was in the news some years ago. And the Playaren made it. And that's for those who don't know. The Playaren are the extraterrestrials. That's what they call themselves. There's no Pleiadians. That was a screen name the Playaren extraterrestrials who have been meeting with Billy Myers since he was a five-year-old boy, 81 years ago, gave Myers specific information of how that craft was brought down through a misidentification, apparently, and also that it was shot down with a Navy missile. It was viewed as a UFO at the time. I have that document on the website, so I'm, I don't want to say more because I could mess up what, you know, the memory version of this. But there are times when they give all the information and he they put it out there. And one of the things that I'm going to get to and touch on a little bit tonight is how important this aspect of the information is and how it's vastly more important than the UFO photos. So before I, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that there's a a thing that happened a few years ago where we went up to, over to, up and over to Moab, Utah at Billy Myers' request. And we were there because Myers said that there was an archive of Wendell Stevens' photographs. Wendell Stevens was the lead military investigator. He was with the Air Force, U.S. Air Force, retired at the time. He began investigating supposedly in 78 778, but the real story is a little different. And Billy said, would you, would you drive over there and go check out? So we went over there. There were 24 boxes in a nice, dusty storage unit. Very nice guy. Owned the, it is a bookstore in Moab. Very nice person. And he said, here's the 24 boxes. We go, oh, my God. So for two days, through box one, two, three, four, et cetera. At the end of Sunday, that Sunday in October, open the box and in there, sitting on top of some books or something, neat little stack of Kodak photographs. And there's an airplane and a UFO visible, and I pick them up and I shuffle through them because I jumped to the conclusion, oh, yeah, these have got to be more of those Mirage 
jet UFO photos that Billy took in 1976, whatever, blah, 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 no big deal. And I sent him off to Switzerland. Well, turned out that there were quite a few, there were five or seven different photos, such as the one that's behind me, that I will learn how to pivot these photos when I throw them on screens. And what you're seeing on screen right over my left shoulder is an airplane. It is, and I'll get into the documentation, I'll just introduce you. That is a 1981 top secret at that time, stealth plane, an attack plane. And down over my right shoulder to your left, that happens to be a UFO. And it's flown, we're told, by a woman, an extraterrestrial woman of another race that works with the play RN. And that race, uh, this woman asked, she was Meyer's second contact person when he was a young person. From five to 16, there were contacts with a man named Svath. And then from 16 on till about, oh, I think, 27 years of age, he was having the contacts with Askept. Now, I thought Billy took these photos, and I was mistaken, because that information came back. No, these photos were taken by Wendell Stevens in 81. Wow. More information came forward. Wendell actually met Billy years before, in the late 60s. And he swore, he was willingly swore to silence to not talk about anything for years and to pretend that when he first comes into contact with all this information officially in 77 or so, this will be the beginning. And oh my goodness, this is amazing. And he did it. He kept it. Now, it's so astounding. It's so astounding to me to have this material, to be able to see what, you know, what Billy brought forward and that Wendell was the one who, you know, ventured out and at the risk of his own life, at the risk to his life, he hid out at Area 51, trying to figure out how he's able to do that. Um, and he hid there and took, we think it was a total at the time of about seven total photographs. I thought there were nine, but there were some duplicates. I'm going to see if this comes through for you. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we got that. Let's see if we've got, and I think we will have it. That's that one. And hold on, folks. Got a bunch of stuff to move around here so I can see this. All right, so here we go. And this was titled, for a very deliberate reason, The UFO Stealth Photos That Could Prevent World War III. Now, I'm going to tell you why I titled it that way. I'll scroll through a bit slowly. Again, this is all available for free on the website, so don't worry. Here is, this is an important photo because this is a signed photograph from Hal Farley, June 18th, 1981. He's the test pilot for that stealth plane. Here is what Melissa Osaki came up with when she took the black stealth out of one of the photos and kept enhancing. It's the same camouflaged plane 
with some different coloration comes up. But folks, this is this is very important. Do you see anything like this from any of the pardon me monkey brains that are babbling about UFOs and David Grish is our Grush, whatever our new hero? He knows so much, and man knows nothing of significance. All right, so all of this is going through in here. One of the photos and another one, the plane is coming in towards the UFO. Here it is. It's come in. It's banking a bit. Here are enlargements of Asketh's. <laughs> she, she did a some color reversed imagery. We did confirmation about the pilot. Now, preventing World War III, I go through it here, but I'm just going to you know, tell you why I bothered with that. Because I know and we've known for a long time that the U.S. government has no intention of not going to war with Russia and China and a lot of other folks in there. And they use the phony alien threat narrative. It's just not the first time that's popped up. So if we show photos of an interaction between a U.S., top-secret stealth plane, an attack plane, interacting. The UFO barely moves at all. And I had, I've sent these off to a Kodak expert, formerly with Kodak. I said to him, hey, tell me something, Xavier. What can you tell me about these photos? He said, well, now I, that was half of the question. I had another question for him. He said, well, I can tell you that the two objects are in the photograph at the same time. There's no evidence of manipulation, overlays, shooting through glass, what have you, any of that stuff. And the plane in each of the photographs, there is a slight, you can detect that that's in motion. While the craft is quite distinctly clear because it's also not, and it's in the foreground. And my other question to him was, tell me about the information on the back of the photographs. Oh yeah, Kodak. All that stuff he said that you're reading there, all of that is really the information Kodak used to put on photographs to tell you when they were you know, processed. And this photograph, these photographs were processed in 1981. Nice pre-digital, nobody hoaxed anything, no models on the strings. No models on the strings. So a day after I put that out there saying, hey, you know, um, World War III could be prevented if the government told the truth. Future existence of USA depends on Congress acknowledging these photos. Melissa did a whole bunch more work in this one. You know, she shows it and she shows that plane and this and that. I mean, it goes on and on. That's the plane. That is the plane. And that is Asket's UFO. There they are. And more and more, and it goes on, and, you know, it, she had a lot to say here. Look at that. There you go. Where the color schemes, yeah, okay, we accept that. So the problem is that we... Americans here, and she did a lot of searching, talking to photographic experts and people, military plane experts and things. We live in a country where right now about the only remaining thing of so-called value since 
uh, we've exported everything, all the jobs and everything else. The only thing of value left in this country, and it's been the foundation of this country for the longest time, is war. It's an industry, and you know there are people that really go into this in great depth. I'm not one of the people that are all that knowledgeable. I'm not going to be able to, you know, shine information with all that. But it's there, and Billy Meyer has given fully detailed histories of the United States that go back a long, long time and that talk about how this country was founded on murder. George Washington murdered uh, a peace bringer from the French waving a white flag. It's all there. And I I say it not as somebody who can prove that. I'm saying that information is there. Read it for yourself. And the rest of it, all the things that people think they're now discovering, secret you know government and all billy meyer 1947 48 he's told about all this stuff he's told about blackrock in 1948 from his first teacher described it we've got the text so what we have here is a very difficult situation for people because the government has shown that it's not very interested in sharing what i just shared with you with the American people in the world. And let me explain. Back in the day, I guess it's two years ago, a year and a half, whatever it is, I called up Representative Andre Carson's office. He's a representative from the state of Indiana. He was heading up a committee at that time. House investigative committee and counter this, counter that, counter something else. I did not expect to get an answer, but I did leave a message in the office. I said, I have these photos. Stealth UFO photos. Several days later, I got a call. I was I was going to hang out because it's two o two. I don't know me there, and I thought you know it must be a spam call. And I waited just long enough to hear a woman say that she was asking for me because she's from this uh, committee. She's a national security advisor for Representative Andre Carson's committee. Whoa. Um. I said, yeah, how can I help you? I, I'm glad you called me back. She said, well, you said you have these photos. Hell, yeah, that's true. She said, can you send us? I said, I'll, I'll send you a digital copy. She said, when I get them, uh, I'm going to you know, forward them on to the committee. I sent them. She responds that she received them. And she's going to move them up the chain. That was the last we ever heard of the photos in the government because they censored them. They censored them because those photos... Yeah, you can have all sorts of fancy stuff that the government's using to try to push its threat narrative. Oh, look at this. This one goes in the water and that goes over here. Danger to us because we're the rulers of the world and the universe. But photographic evidence dating back to 1981 in the only scientifically proven, independently authenticated UFO contact case with one man on Earth. That is something you poor, dumb people should know nothing about. You shouldn't even be able to question it, challenge it, go in there and dig and see what Melissa has done to document all this. So it appears right now, and I'm not a doom and gloomer contrary to the fact that I've done lots and lots of investigation on something I call the higher standard of proof, the prophecies, we'll get to it. But I'd say at this point, it's a pretty safe bet taking that into consideration and taking the events of the past few months into consideration or more, 
we will have, because you, we, the people of Earth, didn't do what we should have done. This isn't the first time Billy Myers' information has been available, but it's been so viciously attacked that many, many people who believe and accept the experts and the skeptics and the scientists who are naysayers because they want to just sell books and make money and not deal with hard truth, you believe that stuff. So all the warnings about this war, AI, other things, have gone by the boards. We get the war now. That's what it looks like. Nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's going to uh, come and take us to another world. And I did mention just a little while ago, there are other races involved in the dynamics of this world. Billy Meyer spoke about about five of them. They include subterranean races that have been on and under this planet, apparently for thousands of years. And they include uh, some that may be just monitoring the planet occasionally from the outside. But they also include, according to Meyer, future Earth travelers that uh, they refer to also as the Earth foreigners. Two groups they refer to that way. One is another subterranean race with very advanced technology, as the first subterranean race apparently has. And the other one are said to be future Earth time travelers who have come back to this rather unfortunate time in history, apparently to observe how things were blown to smithereens and over a period of, what, hundreds and hundreds of years, the survivors had to rebuild everything and they finally got space travel and time travel. So people could say, oh, well, then it's all worth it. He said, no. We don't know much more about it than that, except to say that some of the footage, some of the reports that people could be crushed, it could be the Oh, the Tic Tac, probably, and other sightings in, are involving craft from one or more of these parties. And the mistake that Meyer says the U.S. is making is firing upon these craft when they can get into the proximity and do that. That's not a way to establish communication. Not that America wants communication, wants domination. Okay. So you'll get the results of that because the law of cause and effect is immutable and you can't slide around it. You can't trick it into not existing. We get the effects of our causes and the causes for this country, the causes behind the religions of this world and the politics of this world produce effects. And while they are some whoppers coming our way. There is also in the prophecies, and I haven't necessarily introduced it, for those who are new to this, there's prophecies and predictions, we'll talk about it. They do foretell that under certain circumstances, an extraterrestrial race is going to make itself known and come to the aid of the countries and powers that are being attacked by the West when a major, major war is underway. They will come to the aid of the countries being attacked by the West. No, they're not here to make treaties with the U.S. government. That's all New Age UFO government disinfo. Just for what it's worth, since I bring it up, 
any beings that can travel through space, let alone time, and do all the things they can do and have, by virtue of necessity, long lifespans, do not need to make treaties with a country full of primitive, power-hungry, greedy warmongers that they could blip out in no time at all. Now, that's my understanding of things. Maybe other people have different ones. So where are we at now with this? Well, let's return just for a moment to talk about this Billy Meyer case, because I call it all the time the singularly authentic Billy Meyer context. And that is, of course, why one of the reasons, because they're singularly authentic, meaning contacts, evidence overflowing. All the skeptics have been debunked. They, they try to keep on saying they haven't, but all of this stuff. And here is this body. There are originally over 1,200 clear, predominantly, but not exclusively, daytime UFO photos, films, and video. And we're going to be showing all this stuff to you if you haven't seen it. Some of it's on our BBS page. You can find a lot of what I'm talking about. You don't have to wait. And you'll find it on the blog, too. But they've really hosted a ton of info, so you can just click on it. So what happens here is that we're looking at a body of evidence. Not only does it include all that photographic evidence, sound recordings of the craft that could not be duplicated with state-of-the-art equipment back in the 70s. I think today we certainly would need very, you know, very good computers because these have like 32 simultaneously interfacing frequencies with some are implied to there's stuff beyond i've been in one of the recording studios excalibur where one of the four studios where they analyze these sounds it's very interesting to know about there's metal samples you know there was a big fuss made recently about by a, a ufo expert who's very excited about finding some traces of metal somewhere in the ocean that he thinks could be firm evidence of UFO. Uh, I don't think any analysis has been completed, nothing that I've heard yet that there is conclusive evidence of extraterrestrial manufacture. So you look and you listen to the analysis being done by the late IBM scientist Marcel Vogel as he shows with his video, he videos this sample and he keeps zooming in and he gives this whole analysis. And basically he says at the end of it, this is genius of a guy with any technology available to me as a scientist. I cannot duplicate this. It's either made in the cold vacuum of outer space or cold fusion process. And I don't have access to either of it. Well, that's nice. Marcel Vogel puts, uh, this out, gosh, you know, what is it, late 70s, early 1981? The, so if you're going to top that with some metal analyses, then you better really come up with something because Meyer still has some of these samples and people, all, oh, he should have them analyzed again. It'd be a waste of time. I'll tell you why, in case you never heard me say this before. The problem is that any scientist who analyzes honestly and is capable could come to the very same conclusions because there's no scientist today that can make that. He can't duplicate that. 
So when he comes to the same conclusion at the end of it, not his interview or videotape, any responsible journalist is going to say, so then so-and-so, are you telling us that this is actual extraterrestrial evidence made by extraterrestrials? If he's honest, he's going to say, I can't say that. I can't prove that. I can only tell you that today, even as a scientist, I can't make that. And I know of nobody else, no facility where it could be made. We're talking about evidence. So if you go online or in the news and you're hearing all this relentless hype, uh, the, the people who are doing the interviewing of the witnesses, such as it is, who are basically, as Kenneth Smith, uh, a former aerospace executive, uh, a, uh, I've got his credentials on our site, and he and Matthew Wiskowitz, former NASA aerospace engineer, uh, sent a letter via email that we forwarded to the person that uh, was directed towards, a prominent scientist, and we're waiting for in, any responses from them. But these guys also know, through their knowledge, their experience in the aerospace business, that what Billy Meyer has been presenting is authentic. The late astronaut Gordon Cooper. He's, he's, there's a video. We have it. Gordon Cooper says, you know, these are good photos. There's a man in Switzerland. He's meeting with extraterrestrials. These are good photos. I don't know why people are calling the man a hoaxer. This is real, you know. But you're not going to get this acknowledged. So what we have, and social media is a big part of this. Don't underestimate it. Once they moved, Lou Elizondo, first he goes to Tom DeLong. Oh, I'm in on the big secrets of the universe. Okay, we got that. We've got people now in Tom DeLong's sphere and the younger people and all now. Oh, you've got a real, you know, intelligence operative there and a government defense guy. So they move out of that into their threat narrative thing. And they start leading that charge with all the phony information and, and concerns. And so you have a lot of the, I'll just put it this way, the kind of millennial-minded young wannabes who two minutes before they saw any of this information, they were sitting around, you know, just playing video games, whatever. They have no backgrounds in research, investigation. They don't know what evidence is, but so they're impressed. Well, Elizondo said this. Oh, David Grush said that. And then when you look, well, what did David Grush say? He didn't say anything. Well, you know, I was shown this thing and then, okay, great. Thank you. Where is it? And then the people that now interview people like Grush and others, they are all flush with enthusiasm because their videos will get a lot of, a lot of views. And because they don't know any, they don't know how to think. They don't ask any questions. Nobody ever asks the really important question. If the contacts with anybody are real, tell me, my friends, what's the reason for them? Let's see if we have some another caller. Let's see. Um, he wants to ask an explanation of the giants regarding the Peruvian village. And if that's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will um, say a few words about that. I want to finish on my <laughs> blistering attack on all the, uh, you know, millennial video people out there. And you don't have to be a millennial to be millennially mush-minded. You just have to have, 
no thinking capacity, no understanding of what constitutes evidence, no ability to vet information and evidence, no uh, ability to go to the source because the sources in this case, of course, are kind of vague. It's a government, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? So what you do is you, as soon as you can, because the government is pushing people for this, Ross Coltart, I think is the way he pronounces it. He's a nice guy from Australia who's also got a book out suddenly, you know, uh, He's interviewing people now, you know, UFOs and extraterrestrial. So this is how you get destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. Because this greedy corporate structure, America and its media, its military and all the rest that sign on to this abdication of true self-responsibility, true reverence for life and for what this universal creation is just to contemplate wait a minute how did we get no we're not going to ask the big questions here you're going to swallow this nonsense we're really important and there's an evil alien race at least one for 70 years has been winding up ready to pitch that one down to us but they they just can't muster it i don't know what's wrong but thankfully david grush and lou elizan all these people can rely on you being gullible and to a great degree, pardon me, you can turn me up, I don't care, inert, inactive, you want to consume, you, the public. And it's great and fine with me if you want to exclude yourself from this broad brush. Please, dive into this material. Criticize it, question it, challenge it, but think. Because what's coming, folks, and what's come in the last even couple of weeks, if you knew what's in these, this gentleman... I presume it's, I'm presuming it might not be a gentleman, it might be a woman. Yeah, there actually are two genders. I, I know. So what happens is that there was an announcement in the news, many people saw, seven-foot giants invade Peruvian village, whatever, and they're described either as extra, you know, evil aliens, extraterrestrials, giants, this and the other thing, and they're causing harm to some people there. Well, I, I read that. Not, I don't mean just for the first time the other day. I mean, I read it in 1986. It was authored in 1976 in what's called a prophetian by Billy Meyer when he presented information from, ostensibly from the highest of high levels of the spiritual or creational energy spheres, the Patali level, describing the seven foot tall giants who will come out of hiding in Peru, rob, rape, beat, do all sorts of terrible, nasty stuff. They tie it in with an earthquake in Italy. They tie it in in the same thing with the coming events to so many countries where there will be blazing fires, including American islands. In other words, they gave us the Peruvian jungle thing, earthquakes, the Maui fires, if you want to understand, American island, Maui's an American island, one of the main ones, obviously, and more. And this material, this higher standard of proof is overflowing in this case. And by that, what I mean is the specific hundreds of examples of prophetically accurate scientific, geopolitical, environmental, medical, oh, yes, 
medical. Oh, yes. Guess what they talked about as far back as 1948. Guess what they talked about and what they called as a terrible coming situation for which there would also be a terrible coming fake solution. Uh, We won't talk too much about this until we know we can, of course. But all of this information, the coming financial collapse, Billy Meyer told me about it in 2006. He publishes more information in 2017. The coming U.S. Civil Wars, the two new U.S. Civil Wars that I thought was a joke when I read him in that Profiteer in 1976. Laughed out loud. What's the Swiss guy on? What are you talking about? More civil wars in America. No, 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 not laughing anymore. And many of you are not either. And guess what? These people are equal opportunity offenders. They are not politically partisan. They've got something bad to say about most people. Yes, they've had more bad to say, let's say, recently about Trump and things pertaining to him. But they've lambasted other people and there's more coming, believe me. There are things that are coming our way that we've long been forewarned of. And not just long ago, but we have done everything possible on the blog to keep keep the warnings in front of you. And so what happens is every time one of these things happens that confirms what Billy Meyer verifiably to a scientific and legal standard of proof published, we put it up. None of the skeptics, there's a guy named Mick West. We chased him away, I guess, when he couldn't handle, you know, seeing that Meyer's films couldn't be duplicated. He won't answer anymore. I I call him out. He's a coward. You know, he's just a fearful guy. This can't be real. And Michael Shermer. (laughs) Phil Plate, Stephen Novella, CFI, West. This organization that tried to challenge the Meyer evidence back starting right around 2000, 2001. They had to retract, and then they still tried to float some. Okay. I said this isn't really about UFOs, so the important information, we're going to focus more and more. Of course, if there's new stuff about UFOs, if Billy reveals more about it, because we have information that I I first, when I was in art school in Chicago, 1960s, we learned about the Dogon tribe in Africa a seemingly very primitive tribe that knew already about the existence of Sirius A and Sirius B, which I don't think had been discovered at the time. They were already talking about it there. And it was fascinating because it caught my attention because at the time I thought, how do these guys know about these other stars? and primitive? Well, we have some very interesting information on that as well. Um, recent blog covers that and and ties it into these it's it's very fascinating thing i want to see something here we've got uh oh let's see but let's see here what we're going to do we've got technically it sounds like if i'm right the technically we have three minutes to go but i can go a couple more minutes i'll go just to the end of what i really wanted to at least delve into tonight this None of the people in media, government, sciences, ufology, for sure. It's a pseudoscience. Ufology is the phoniest science. It's no science. You get people who can declare themselves researchers and investigators and all this stuff. And then they suck up the bandwidth and the truth doesn't get out. 
So none of those people are of use to the truth. We do our thing. Billy, for his trouble, has survived 25 attempts in his life. I've interviewed eyewitnesses to 14. I know two people who were with him during the last month. It's unpleasant. And it doesn't daunt him. That's wonderful. But the people who should care have now just abandoned anything and everything except the lust for celebrity, for money, for power. I'm going to give you a crazy thing here. It just pops into my mind, honestly. I read it yesterday. It has nothing to do specifically with UFOs. There's some crazy woman. I'll say it. Uh, that's my opinion. In Virginia, I think is the state, running for some Democratic office, some major office in the state, who was just exposed, if you will, <laughs> no pun intended, but pun intended, uh, outed for being on some adults-only sites with her husband, performing sex acts. You know, that's our pastime here is watching. Sex has become a spectator sort, sort of sport for people. Uh, to a high degree, it's a lot of dysfunction. So what happens is she gets busted for doing these acts and for asking for tips, donations. She's running, as a Democrat, I think it is, for political office. And then when this exposure, again, such an appropriate word, when she it's revealed, she's complaining and accusing people of sexual harassment. Not a word. She's a mother of two children. I, I think maybe she's also a school teacher. I don't remember a lot of school teachers doing weird things. Not, uh, not a breath, not not a not a blush, not a moment of shame, for being someone who possesses no values, no ethics, no morals. Apparently, if her own self-admitted and revealed story is true, but this isn't shameful anymore. This is the country that we Americans live in. I don't know if it's this bad elsewhere. But this is what people give themselves into. And there's a lot behind this trend, this downward trend. Another downward trend is, I happen to be on a website searching and I look for stuff. I saw something about the American companies no longer American. Over 100 I think it was over 100 formerly red, white, and blue, all American companies owned by other countries, many, but primarily Russia, car manufacturers, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, Trader Joe's, Burger King. I mean, you name it. I'm just scrolling through this stuff. The greed that is the foundation of the values of this country that's encouraged, it's promoted. All the media, oh, you make more money. Excessively unnecessary, unnecessarily excessive. Folks, the bill is coming due. It's coming due. So we are just about at the magic hour. Probably not going to go too far over here. I'm going to simply go back to something I know I said a few minutes ago about nobody asks about if the contacts are real, what's the reason for them? In the material that I talk about, we publish a lot, this higher standard of proof. All these prophecies and predictions, they're tied in with even deeper information in a, in a causal way. The teaching, the non-religious, belief-free 
teaching, creation energy. They're tied in here with an essential element, and that is the meaning of these contexts. The reason for them is to help us assure our own very threatened future survival. And they had to get our attention. The Meyer case helped really pump this UFO controversy up, starting his first photographs were in the 60s, but starting in the 70s. Get the eye candy out there. Unfortunately, since that time, the attention spans of human beings and their interests have dwindled down with the advent, of course, of all the things we st- that are good tools for other things. They just want the eye candy. They want the phenomena. UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, because people don't want to figure out a little nothing more in depth. They want to talk about phenomena. Well, the things that we we post of Billy's, like, you know, if I turn this way or turn that way, whatever, there's a craft in front of Billy's house here sitting on the ground. And this thing that I flashed a moment or two ago is a detail from that irreproducible no skeptics can or have made it they might want to take years and you know and and, and tricks of all sorts but they can't do it otherwise and they haven't to date so we are a pretty valueless society pretty empty we're concerned with phenomena and this case is concerned with our future survival our evolution our evolution, which is going to take a, uh, let's say, a seat, perhaps for a couple hundred years or so. Now, it ain't all doom and gloom. Obviously, there's a lot to say here, and it's not all pretty. But if you go to the blog, if you go start digging into this, send questions, send challenges, glad to see it, but read the material. Read through these analyses and what have you. And you start to understand that this case really is about a promise that goes back actually millions of years as to what we can become. Behind me is a kind of not full, you can't see the whole image. This is the real original peace symbol. See that little black and white thing there? And the bigger tree of life. This, when it's pointing down, is the symbol for death and war. There's a whole meditation done every month by people here on Earth, and apparently by over 3.2 billion extraterrestrial human beings who would like something that we should start desiring ourselves to, and that is to see that humankind, the human race, survives. So until next time, you know, be of good cheer. Contact us, share this information, and come to your own conclusions and decisions. And we intend to, and we want to keep this going for you. So uh, be safe and serene. And this peace symbol here is called the Salome peace symbol. And that word, Salome, peace to all beings on our earth and everywhere else. Good night. See you next time on the UFO Report.